Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the FT Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Caroline Palmer from the Comment and Analysis Desk of the Financial Times. In this podcast, James Politi looks at how the four-time Italian Premier Silvio Berlusconi has returned from political oblivion to recast himself as both an elder statesman and an alternative to the populist five-star movement. Yet while it is likely that the 81-year-old media mogul will play a crucial role after the country's elections in March, the revival of his political fortunes and that of his centre-right Forza Italia party may be short-lived, with serious implications for both Italy and the EU. With his perfectly dyed dark hair and his ivory-white teeth glistening in the lights of the television studio, Silvio Berlusconi, the octogenarian comeback kid of Italian politics, was reminiscing last month about his first election campaign. It was 1948, he was 12 years old, and the young Silvio was putting up posters for the centre-right Christian Democratic Party in its ultimately victorious confrontation with the Italian Communist Party. There was one image that forever stuck in his mind. It said, In the voting booth, God sees you, Stalin doesn't. Mr. Berlusconi, now 81, said with a grin, pausing for effect. It was truly beautiful. The presenter, Massimo Giletti, laughed, while the studio audience, sitting on both sides of the two men, clapped enthusiastically. And this was not even one of the TV stations that Mr. Berlusconi owns. With Italy due to go to the polls on March 4th in a general election that is the next big political test for Europe in an era of resurgent populism, the media mogul and former prime minister is exactly where he likes to be, at the centre of the country's political debate. Assailed by scandal and ill health, Mr. Berlusconi's political career was languishing, if not defunct, only a couple of years ago. But in a remarkable turnaround, his centre-right coalition is leading opinion polls with 36% of the vote, with the anti-establishment five-star movement and a centre-left grouping led by former Prime Minister Matteo Renzi and current Prime Minister Paolo Gentiloni, each on about 28%. Since he is banned from public office, Mr. Berlusconi could not personally return to Palazzo Chigi, the seat of the Italian government, if he is victorious next month but would still be calling the shots as party leader. And even if the centre-right is unable to win a majority of seats and form a government, Mr. Berlusconi's party, Forza Italia, is still likely to be the linchpin of any attempt to forge a grand coalition. Either way, there is a strong chance that the Cavaliere, as he has long been known, will enjoy huge influence after the elections. Mr. Berlusconi's return carries important implications for both Italy and the EU, in Rome, it represents the most striking evidence of the country's difficulty in renewing its political leadership. When Mr. Renzi, now 43, rose to power as Prime Minister four years ago, hopes were high that he would be the standard bearer of a younger, reformist generation of politicians. 
but his tenure ended in a stinging rebuke from Italian voters in a referendum on his overhaul of the Constitution in December 2016. The prospect of having to deal with Mr. Berlusconi again could also be deeply unsettling for European policymakers and investors, especially at a time when Emmanuel Macron, France's president, and Angela Merkel, Germany's chancellor, are trying to reboot the EU and push for further integration. Any bargain on greater political union for the Eurozone would probably include structural reforms to modernize Italy's economy and fiscal discipline. On both counts, there's deep skepticism of Mr. Berlusconi's record. There is a trust deficit there, and he will be something of a wild card, says Mushtaba Rahman, head of the Europe practice at Eurasia Group. This could be deeply unhelpful and distracting. It is not a scenario many would have imagined in late 2011, when Mr. Berlusconi stepped down from office in disgrace amid sex scandals and skyrocketing debt yields, shunned by EU leaders, including Ms. Merkel and then-French President Nicolas Sarkozy. Nor did it seem likely in 2013, when Mr. Berlusconi was convicted of tax fraud and ordered to perform 10 months community service at a retirement home. Or in 2016, when he underwent open-heart surgery. But somehow Mr. Berlusconi found a way back. He capitalized on the decline of the Democratic Party, led by Mr. Renzi, following the 2016 referendum debacle. Last year, he shepherded center-right candidates to success in races against center-left incumbents, such as the battle for mayor of Genova and the governorship of Sicily, harnessing voter dissatisfaction over the sluggish economic recovery and the migration crisis, which has brought more than 620,000 people to Italian ports from North Africa since 2014. In his old age, Mr. Berlusconi is casting himself as a reassuring elder statesman with pro-EU views and a modest vegetarian lifestyle who can restore well-being to disgruntled middle-class families. Lucia Nunziata, editor of Huffington Post Italy, jokes, One of the big laws in Italy is that if you stick around long enough, you can become a saint. He's played it well. It is one of the ironies of the political situation that many EU governments find themselves in the unfamiliar position of rooting for Mr. Berlusconi. A strong performance by Forza Italia would probably mean a weaker result for Five Star, as well as the Northern League, Mr. Berlusconi's Eurosceptic coalition partner. In Brussels, they fear the populist parties even more than Mr. Berlusconi. Last week, he was welcomed with open arms by Jean-Claude Juncker, the European Commission President, Michel Barnier, the EU's chief Brexit negotiator, and Antonio Tajani, the EU Parliament President, and a possible Premier in a Forza Italia-backed government. Mr. Berlusconi joked about his old age, comforted them about his commitment to EU budget rules, and clinched the endorsement of the centre-right European People's Party. The mood was very cordial and light-hearted, like a trip back home, says one person familiar with the talks. They don't see him as a burden. Mr. Berlusconi has done his part to earn the sympathetic hearing by remaining anchored to the EU's centre-right mainstream in recent years, attending the funeral of Helmut Kohl, the longtime leader of Germany's Christian Democrats, last year, and refraining from attacking Ms. Merkel. He has not endorsed Donald Trump, rejecting any similarities and distancing himself from some of the U.S. president's more controversial positions, most recently on trade and protectionism. He has always been somewhat of a name-dropper. He always talked about his friend Vladimir, his friend Erdogan. But have you ever seen Berlusconi talk about Donald, even once, said Francesco Gallietti of Policy Sonar, a political risk consultancy based in Rome? Yet even dealing with a more benign version of Mr. Berlusconi could be a big problem for the EU. He is campaigning on a platform of tax cuts and new spending. 
particularly on pensions, that could be very hard to square with EU budget rules. Moreover, his coalition platform calls for fewer constraints from Europe, including no austerity policies, a revision of EU treaties, and lower Italian contributions to the EU budget. Given his long-standing friendship with Mr. Putin, there is also bound to be scrutiny of his position on EU sanctions against Russia, which he has criticised. He could also conceivably press for a more lenient line towards the UK and Brexit negotiations, as he may be less attached to the principle of unity among the 27 remaining EU members. In the Phase 2 trade discussion, there are real economic issues at stake, and Italy is the single most important state that may break away from the Franco-German axis, says Mr. Rahman of the Eurasia Group. If that happens, then what do the Netherlands do? What do Central Europeans do? Stefano Stefanini, a former Italian ambassador to NATO, who is a Brussels-based consultant for Project Associates, says the old Berlusconi could have been a real spoiler for the EU by adopting nationalist positions close to those of Viktor Orban, Prime Minister of Hungary, and Jaroslav Kaczynski, the leader of Poland's ruling Law and Justice Party. Critics often warned that Mr. Berlusconi's clashes with the judiciary could tilt Italian democracy towards a form of a liberal semi-authoritarianism. But there is more uncertainty than fear in Brussels over his return. It's a mix of wait and see and a sense of fatalism, says Mr. Stefanini. How is it possible that Italy cannot find new leaders? One former senior EU official, who declined to be named, says that it's difficult to predict where Mr. Berlusconi might stand. It's hard to say he's anti-European. It's hard to say he's pro-European. He doesn't have any principles, he says. In Italy, Mr. Berlusconi's resilience has thrilled supporters and bemused opponents in equal measure. Only one Berlusconi can be born every hundred years, says Gabriella Giammanco, a 40-year-old MP for Forza Italia who will be running for re-election in Sicily. He generates curiosity. He generates affection. He still needs security cordons when he walks around. Otherwise, he will be overcome by the enthusiasm, she says. Anna Scani, a 30-year-old Democratic Party MP from Umbria who is close to Mr. Renzi, warns of the short memories of Italians. I was seven years old when he first won in 1994. I have to think he did a lot of damage to my generation. According to a survey by Ipsos, the pollsters, released this week, Mr. Berlusconi's strongest support comes from pensioners, housewives, and the unemployed. It is the old rather than the young who are driving Forza Italia's comeback and female voters rather than male, even in the era of the global Me Too revolt against sexual harassment, and despite his own history of lavish parties with underage call girls. Mr. Berlusconi's ability to connect with his base was on vivid display during the interview with Mr. Giletti when he offered tributes to the greatness of Italian women, especially mothers, and the importance of family. I was very fortunate to have five children. Each one is better than the other, he said though he's closest to Marina, his 51-year-old eldest daughter, who manages his business empire. My mother went to heaven at a certain point, and Marina took her place. I used to call her every day, counting on her sweetness, her wisdom, her affection, and I do the same now with Marina. Yet even with the revival in his fortunes, Mr. Berlusconi remains more politically vulnerable than when he was in office. Forza Italia is polling at about 16 to 17%, a fraction of the numbers Mr. Berlusconi scored in previous elections when he was at the height of his power. He is personally less popular than both Mr. Gentiloni and Luigi Di Maio, 
the five-star candidate for prime minister. And there are questions about whether he is as able a campaigner as he was in the past. Mr. Berlusconi has stepped up his radio and television appearances, his natural habitat, and the springboard for many victories. However, he was forced to cancel another interview on Wednesday because of fatigue, according to Italian media. He has embraced social media, but his Twitter following is smaller than his rivals and may struggle to match Five Star in using the internet as a political tool. Judicial woes are still hanging over him. He is facing trial for paying off women to make false statements about his infamous Bunga Bunga parties. He has denied the charges. His pitch to voters has not changed much. It is that he alone can engineer an Italian revival through lower taxes and more generous pensions. He's simply not a liberal free marketeer. We've been waiting for that in Italy for decades, says one senior banker. His economic policies are very reliant on the state. Mr. Berlusconi also uses fear to great effect. In past campaigns, it was the scourge of communism, but he now insists there is an even greater threat in Five Star, which he describes as a dispenser of poverty, vigilante justice, and rebellion. If Mr. Berlusconi's old tricks work again, his country and the rest of Europe may oddly breathe a sigh of relief, but it could be short-lived. Sooner or later, he will disappear and the center-right will implode. The center-left is taking a walk in the desert, so it's a mess, warns one senior Italian business leader. There may be a grand coalition, but it will be limited, and the big risk is this all gives bigger space to five-star. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.